you awake yet? You're on 94.1 FM, and that was <laughs> Prisoner of Society. So um, I pressed the button that I wanted to press a little bit later on. So uh, I bet you're awake now. So I certainly was awake, that's for sure. And uh, I think, hopefully, we've got Kath on the phone. Hi, Kath. Good morning. I'm awake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> yeah, just what, just what you need first thing in the morning, some really you know, rip-snorting heavy... Yeah, sort of grungy rock. Yep. I think I need to come back in with my um, Gippsland-based country. Yeah, pro- probably. <laughs> a little bit more sedate. Just a little bit, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, well, we want to mix it up here a bit, you know, here we and there. We do want to mix it up a bit. Yeah, yep. yeah. Mm. so anyway, so how are you? I'm good. Yeah? Beautiful day. It's, it's a weird day, isn't it? It's squally rain, and, and but it's not as cold as yesterday. And, no, yeah. the sun's out. The sun's out it's there? It's raining. Yep. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I was coming in, it was raining, then it was, wasn't raining, then it was raining, and now it's raining outside the studio a bit, but I think it's stopping and the sun's going to peep out, but uh, tomorrow's supposed to be a spectacular day. Is it? Yeah, it's supposed to be. Good. It's going to be freezing cold tonight, so I think it's going to, well, over the west, it's going to drop down to three degrees, but the nice thing about having really low temperatures, um, should be good for my apples this year. Yes. They need the cold weather to set good crops. I've got two really weird-looking apples um, right on the peak of my apple tree. Yeah. You've still got apples on there. <laughs> I haven't pruned it yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Are they are they mummified or are they actually in good nick? No, they're mummified. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like because I pulled well, the last of my apples off about a few two weeks ago, but they're Granny Smiths and they go late. Yeah, I actually don't know if they are. They're deformed. Oh, that's all right. Um, yeah. 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 You can't pick on them just for that. No, I look that picture. Spectacular on the Christmas tree, I think. If I cut them off and they kept their colour, and mm. well, you could always do what they do in the They're shops the and wax and wax them. I could. Yeah. Yes, I bought some beeswax um, uh, wrappers in Teddy actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for the for sandwiches and stuff. Yeah, they're all the rage yeah. now. Yeah, they are all the rage. Yeah, and if it's people no, if people aren't sure. Yeah, people aren't sure what we're talking about. The uh, reusable sandwich wrap and everything, instead of using the sarin wrap and all that sort of stuff, is mm. um, in cloth impregnated. No, beeswax impregnated cloth. Yes. Yeah, and so that helps keep it uh, keep it nice and fresh, and you can and you can wash them in cool water, I think. And in then, cool water, not hot water, because yeah. they melt. Yeah, and then, yeah, exactly. And then, but you can you can re- recondition them by by putting can more you? Be- yeah you can put, by putting more beeswax in them. So how do you do that? Do you just melt it? Pretty much, yeah. Candle, just, just just well, just heat it, just heat it up. Yeah, warm it up with, a, and you can and you can uh, rub a little bit more beeswax in it. Okay, because it's a fair. I mean, they look really. The ones I've got look really cool. They're really nice patterns, but mm-hmm. gee, they're a tad expensive. Yeah, yeah, but they for last a for a long time. They last for mm. a long time. Yeah. And if you do, and I know, do know people who make their own. Um, and I'm going to have a shot at because I've got a bit of beeswax at home. Funnily enough. Yeah, I thought um, I might get onto someone that might have some beeswax. You on know, hands the, that might be able to pass it on, and I could do some calico. Funnily, and funnily enough, it, it takes a bit of effort to actually get to to clean that beeswax up to use beeswax. Does it? Uh, because it's got so, it's got honey and, and and bits and muck in it and everything when you first uh, bring it out. So beekeepers, what they do is they take the used beeswax back and get a discount off their next lot of pre-made uh, beeswax that they put inside the hives. So the pre-made beeswax is a sheet with the with the with the hexagon patterns already imprinted on it to give the bees some guidance, and so they don't right. have to put as much effort in. So you you basically trade in your old wax with some fresh stuff. But you can buy the sheets of wax. You know when you have the the um, the candles, and they've they've got that nice um, honeycomb pattern on them. And they sort of like a spirally candle. Yeah. Well, they've actually bought. They've just gone down to a beekeeping supply, and they've bought those sheets, and they're big square sheets. You cut them diagonally, you just roll them up around the wick. That's how they make them. 
And so you can okay. just buy those sheets of wax, and they're, and they're about a dollar or two dollars each, so they're not expensive. So where do you get those from? Um, any beekeeping supply. There's one near your place, actually. Um, Is there? Yeah, there's a beekeeping shop around around that sort around that area, around every sort of Brunswick Coburg area. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but there's one close by. Probably if you're going to just buy if you're going to just buy one or two sheets, um, that might be a little bit more expensive, but yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So the random beehives that we acquired a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have kept all the wax. Yeah, yeah. That's and turned it into. And what mm. you, basically, what you do is you heat it up with uh, water, sort of like you know, not boil it, boil it, but yeah, you, know, you can simmer it. But then let it set, and then the the wax rises to the top. It's usually got some, still got some contaminants in it, but you, you can sort of cut away some of the contaminants, get the the quite clean stuff, and do it once more, and then that that sort of pulls all the muck out of it. It's a bit like clarifying fat in the old days with. Um, we used to make stews and everything, and you'd let it settle and, okay. and clarify, clarify the fat and the lard. I'm starting to feel like um, the wrappers of the market sound really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, look, Coming no... from the lazy gardener who doesn't uh, even like Exactly, and look, bees. that's the thing. <laughs> do-it-yourselfers great for do-it-yourselfers. Remember, I remember the year that I uh, sun-dried tomatoes out in the backyard. Gee, that was good. Yeah, I looked that. Mm. Yeah, and, mm. and it was a great experience, but you'd never do it again, would you? No, no, I wouldn't. No, exactly, and no. I've dried, I've dried fruit before, and I probably will again at some stage. But I don't know if you know. I've actually built. I went the whole hog and built a fruit, a food dryer, a, a solar powered food dryer, and it kind of worked, and it was fun to do, and it was an interesting experience, and I might do it again one day. But I might not too. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's all of those things. And look, that's the thing is, all of those things are great, um, and and you should. If you're interested vaguely, you should go out and have a look at it and do a workshop or try it out, and you might find that you really love doing it. Or you might find that it's really good value. Or you might find that, no, that's rubbish, and I don't want to ever do that again. I'm glad I did it once, but forget that. That would be like going to um, university open house open days and uh, finding horticultural courses and um, mm. mm-hmm. and 25 years later, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> <laughs> is that what happened to you, is it? Yeah. Well, is it, no, was- well, I went to um, I went to Burnley had a um, short introduction to horticulture course, which was basically a, a lecture on each of the units. Right. And yeah, that morphed into um, a certificate, taste certificate. Back in the days when it was the advanced certificate, which morphed yep. into a diploma, which morphed into um, small spaces. Well, small well, spaces go. emerged a long time before then. But yeah, yeah. but uh, mm. yeah, sort of yeah, gave you some you gave go. you some street cred as well as some uh, piece of paper that said you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't think the first piece of paper gave me a lot, actually, but the second one, hmm. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, there are, apart from um, uni open house days, um, yep. it's a little bit early, but I did want to mention Sustainable House Day coming up. Oh, yeah, September. absolutely. ATA's uh, Sustainable 17th. House Day, yep. which, is, which is a really good sort of, um, well, it's a great program. I've, I've been involved in it for, for many years now, but it's a great great program and it, and it uh, blends in well, quite well with both this show and Bricks and Mortar coming up after this show. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it is focused on energy um, uh, design and energy and whatever, but uh, intrinsically it also brings in uh, gardens. So yeah, and the whole, yeah, that whole just, permaculture just concept. Just as a, um, what am I trying to say, osmosis almost, that the garden becomes part of the house. Yeah, should, yeah, so, it's, yeah. Well, exactly. It's, the, the, the house, you know, your, your property doesn't stop at the back door. No. Well, some people's does, but, you know, some people don't have a back door. They've only got a front door because they've got a flat. But, <clears> but if you're in a house, then... Yeah, it, it, the garden is an important part of the overall design. And, and let's face it, the whole idea of a sustainable house, who wants to live in a sustainable house that's just rubbish to live in? 
and I knew so, and I did know some architects in Ballarat like that. They said they lived in a couple of sustainable houses or energy efficient houses, and they said they're all rubbish because they weren't actually designed for people to live in. And so what you want is you want a house that you love living in that happens to be sustainable, and that's what this is all about. Well, that's what good design is. is yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sustainability is one very important aspect of designing a house. Yeah, and it doesn't mean it has to be a mud brick. Um, no. You know. Not that there's anything wrong with mud yeah. brick. I've been in some no, really nice mud, mud brick places. Bricks, yeah. yeah, yeah, but it doesn't have to be. It can be modern, it can be clean, it can be clean contemporary lines, all that, yep, yep. Um, and still be sustainable. So. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. And that includes sustainable gardening. Mm, absolutely. Because right? you don't want a garden that you have to, you know, like throw millions of litres of water at or you have to get out there and work at every single day, unless yes. that's what you like doing. Yes, and if you like doing it, that's fun. Yeah. And if you can maintain it and sustain it, then yep, <laughs> even it. better. Exactly right. But like uh, you, I'm a bit of a lazy gardener. I like it to look after itself once I've set it up. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. But that doesn't um, happen that often. The other thing coming up, this mm-hmm. is a good plug for the ATA, is uh, there's speed dating, which I think might be next weekend. On the it is next Sunday weekend morning. on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Oh. I think it's all, it might all be booked out, it might not be, but I know a couple of really amazing people that are going to be there. Absolutely, yeah. I know some fantastic people. Yeah. Going to be there. Well, I know this. I know this woman who has a, who's got a radio <laughs> show, and I think the bloke might have have a, have a hand the in bloke. as well. God. Yeah. Is anyone going to get a, get a word in edgeways around no, this or no, what? No, no, not at all. Yeah, no, don't. No, let me tell you all about myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, City of Mooney Valley. Yep. Um, ACA Sunday morning, twenty seventh of August, ten till twelve at the Mooney Valley Bowls Club, which is in Patterson Street, Mooney Ponds. Yep. Um, there's a few um, experts there. Oh, look, Mike O'Connell. Oh, how about that? And, and Kath Smalley. And Cass Morley, oh. Tim Forsey. <gasps> well, there you go. Teach, she's an nesting boy, EcoCraft. Who else is doing green? Green design solution. Oh, there's heaps of people. Yeah, probably Narelle's going to be there as well. Look at that. Yeah, is, is Narelle there this time? Narelle was there last time. She's a former former um, presenter and host on, on the on the wonderful World Media Network that's part of this conglomerate that we're in. Can't see her. Yeah, no, well, yeah. Hmm. But she's uh, yeah. I met, I met up with her at the last one. So, but yeah, if you, okay. if, if it isn't all booked out, then it's a great great. Go event. online, have a look, see if you can have a browse through all yeah. those wonderful people I just talked about, including Michael O'Connell. Yeah, and, and um, see if you can um, find a spot to book. Um, because yeah. and and the other thing is, if there's no shows, yep. um, it doesn't hurt to just pop in because if there are no shows, they exactly do right. In, so yeah, yep. yep. you might, might just drop into a spot, but you can come in and be on standby. You can come in and be on standby. Hot standby. Um, and if you happen to find a man with a weed-covered-looking beard and you start talking to him, you probably want to escape a couple of hours later. Oh, thanks, so. yeah. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like a chat, yeah. Yeah, he does like a chat. <laughs> hey, I've got a couple of gardening questions. Oh, really? What, for mm. me? Or you've got a couple that you're going to no, answer? No, I put it out into the Facebook... Um, into the um, blogosphere, info, yeah. Into the blogosphere and got a few questions, Ooh. funnily enough, from... Um, I was sticking on the ATA on some um, ATA colleagues, friends, associates, whatever you want to call them. Oh, One okay. with a 10-star house, which I think is uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, pomegranates. Yep. Ever grow on pomegranates? I've got a pomegranate. Okay. Well, hang on. Yes, I have got a... Yes, it did fruit, and the, the fruit's sour but okay. Um, I've got another... I've got a couple of seedlings there that I actually grew from seeds from a pomegranate tree up the road, which has got much nicer pomegranates than my tree has. So I'm hoping that they're going to oh. run true and they're going to give me nicer pomegranates. And the one that you've got that wasn't from the seedlings up the road, was that a grafted or a... a no, nah, just a seedling, a, yeah. It was another seedling, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. 
So the thing with seedlings is that they're an unknown quantity. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. And I can't remember where I got this pomegranate from. I might have bought it at, at the big green shed or something like that. I don't know. Oh, okay. so long ago. And look, it's a nice enough tree. They're really, the, the, it's a much bushier thing. It's, it's, it's a bush or, or a hedgy tree rather than yeah, a tree. Yeah, you can hedge them. So. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so it so sends up suckers everywhere from the base. From the oh. Same as quinces do. That's the other, I didn't know that about quinces. Quinces are okay. a very suckery type tree. Yeah. Well, then you could keep coppicing it and is, have it. Yeah, is that a, is that a, is that a proper gardening term? Suckery type. Suckery type suckering is. Oh, suckering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is yeah. pain in the proverbial. It can be. Yeah. Can be yeah. well, if it, particularly if you've got grafted, because if you get the suckers coming up from oh, below course, the graft, the roots stop. Well, that's why. That's why I went come for and um, the tree. Yeah, that's why I went for non-grafted passion fruit this time. Because if I get suckers coming up, they'll be true to form. Yes. Okay. All right. Hmm. Um, so, what did you do that made your? Um, did you do anything particular to get your pomegranate to set fruit, no, even uh, though it's a bit sour? No, no, just no. Self, self, didn't do anything. <laughs> it's self, it's self, self seed, uh, self uh, fertilizing and stuff. So, um, it just it, it bears reasonably good fruit. It's not fabulous. It bears a lot of fruit. They're they're, they're about the size of a size of my fist, I suppose. Or, you know, so like a bit bigger than a fist. Can you feed us? No, not really. Oh, well, it gets fed accidentally because it's in with the it's in near the chook pen. Oh. Okay. So, right. it's, so it gets, gets the dirt gets scratched around everything. Oh, look, it's nice enough, and but it pomegranate and some of the fruit sometimes can be can be you know a bit sweet, but it's got that sort of typical um, astringent sort of tart flavour, which I quite like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. and I've had a go at making a bit of juice out of it, and that worked okay. And chooks love them. When I if I break them open, if I'm not going to take it inside, I, I break if if I leave it too late and I break them open, the chooks just leap on them. Yes, I bet they do. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the red colour. Do you prune it? Uh, yes, I do occasionally, but only because I pruned it once or twice to try to get it to a bit more compact and stuff, uh, not to, to spread out so much, but apart from that, not really. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay. Um, Elizabeth from Preston now was actually asking about uh, pomegranate fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a, a small tree that's, um, that flowers but doesn't set fruit, and oh, okay. my instinct would be that that would be a fertiliser problem. Possibly, that, yeah. It's probably a lack of uh, nutrients, or, so I'd or go... lack of potassium or something? Mm, I yeah. think so, yeah. That's yeah. generally the issue with anything, not particularly pomegranates, but anything that's not setting fruit. Yeah. Or setting flower, but not setting fruit. Yeah, um, yeah exactly, yeah. Is normally a fertiliser problem, so I'd be feeding it more potassium. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and I'm sure that I get enough potassium because it's just because I've got a fairly balanced thing from the chooks, and I'm in heavy... Yeah. Originally what was heavy clay soil, it's now turning into immaculate sort of deep, rich soil these days which is nice. good yeah yeah okay. I, I noticed the other day when i was out there I sort of like i pulled out some weeds or something i was checking to see the asparagus or something i can't remember exactly what i was doing and i just happened to notice wow this soil has really really turned the corner because i've had chooks for so long and i've bought in lots of mulch many many times over and all that sort of stuff and it, and the soil's just really starting to get that that really good rich depth about it yep well yeah. that's um, I mean, how many times we go to a client and they say, "Oh, we need to get, we need to bring in new soil. The soil we've got is no good." And I go, "No, we need to build the soil that you've got because yeah. what you're going to buy is not going to be any better than what you've already got." No, exactly. Um, even I'd, I'd put my um, problem hydrophobic out the back. Um, yeah. it's fun. It's starting to get there, and that's just adding organic matter after organic matter after organic matter. Yeah. Now you can talk because I interrupted you. Oh no! I was just going to say that. Um, it, I was just going to say that, that that I got a whole lot of garden soil. I got twenty five meters of garden soil because I got a big backyard when I first moved in, mm. and it was just like sandy loam type soil. Yeah, and it just set rock hard because mm-hmm. it was just sitting on it's top of the clay. On top. 
and yeah. now and now that I've laid down sheep mulching once or twice in certain areas and done a few other things, now mm-hmm. the soil's really good. But of course now I've got this soil that's just mass that just like come about now. I've got weeds that are already waist high. So you know, so I've got that's a, great. You got a green manure crop. I know. Yeah, I've got to <laughs> dig it all in. Well, <laughs> dig it all in. Yeah, I've got yeah. to either dig it all in or do some more sheep mulching. I haven't decided which one I'm going to do yet. I'm, I'm sort of tempted to get the rotary hoe out there and just churn the whole thing up and turn it into one great big patch of lovely mess. Okay. Yeah. Before it sets seed. Before it sets seeds. Yes. Yeah, which okay. is by, like now. Yes, absolutely yeah. right now. Um, yeah. It is warming up. Um, uh, can you hear the birds? Have you heard the birds of the morning? Oh, yeah. They and, are and, fantastic. And in the evening as well. So, yes. you know, the same sort of thing. You go, and I, you know... I, the birds start singing, and I go, my alarm's not on, hasn't gone off yet. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> but no, nah, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, it's turning. It's not quite, I mean, it is cold, but, um, you know, the birds are out and uh, staying lighter a bit longer. Well, when I leave and, to work in the morning, it's light now. Mm, well, it's light when I'm sitting at my desk at 6 o'clock and it's not pitch dark and I mm. don't realise it's actually 6 o'clock and, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, lighter. Yeah, exactly. Mm. 6 o'clock mm. in the evening you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> six thirty a.m. the other morning, I yeah. was up um, backing up the computer because the delightful thing had to be well, there you taken go. in to be wiped. But that's a whole other blog story. Oh, okay. Rant. <laughs> that will be for our next show. Um, tech, oh, tech savvy us. Yeah. Tech savvy us who have lost their um, drawing template for title oh, no. blocks and oh. all sorts of things. Don't we love the fruit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, we well. do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, oh, you've got another... Yeah, oh, go, on, go on, so on. Oh, I was going to... Oh. Yeah, let's have a, let's, let's talk about that one, and then we'll go. For, then we'll have a music music track, I think. Okay. So, uh, I have another question little... about um, gardening. Yeah. Mm, gardening in um, uh, veggies for small spaces. Well, gee, I wonder who could talk about that. Somebody who owns a sense about small spaces. <laughs> well, hang on. Hey, did, they, did they mean veggies for their small spaces, or did, did they mean veggies for your place? No, I think they meant how do you grow veggies in small places. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah. In teensy-weensy little containers. Yeah, well, it can be hard to grow stuff in teensy-weensy little containers. It because can be. Because they dry out very quickly. Yeah. Um, you're better off having, so instead of having lots of little pots, you're better off having a big pot or trough. Um, with lots of plants in of, it. With lots of plants in it. So, you know, the old-style um, recycling crate type sizes. Yeah, that, they're that great, those old ones, yeah. They're fantastic. Or even, so, the yeah. Old, even the styrofoam boxes you can pick up from greengrocers and stuff occasionally that come from the markets. Yes, yeah. Yep. And and not only because I'm lazy, but because it does work in a small space. I tend to um, grow a lot of greens, so salad yep. greens, um, well, that's herbs. The, yeah, salad greens and herbs are the obvious choices because, one, yes. They're really good when they're fresh, and yeah. two, they're usually a bit pricey at times. Can be pricey at times. Mm. Um, what I like about um, particularly the salad greens is, is or anything that is uh, quick harvesting, so not putting in, um, you know, me, if anyone is a regular listener would know my, my success rate with brassicas, um, <laughs> I harvested some broccoli. From, yeah, which was, which was like a huge event. Ago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even bother cooking it. I really just ate it fresh. No, I sat it in a wine glass thinking I'll, I'll, I'll pop that into something and it failed before I had time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, w- it would have been enough to put on one person's fork. <laughs> after, all, after all that effort. Mate, I would have run it under the hot tap and just eaten it. 
Yeah, well, I probably should have. Um, yeah, I just let I just let it go that little bit too long, and uh, yeah. Oh, anyway, a, oh, so no. I almost posted. I should have posted it um, up on Facebook because it was pretty pathetic. Oh. So, so that is the whole point and why I grow quick, quick harvesting stuff. Yep. Um, apart from tomatoes. So. Okay. Yep. Which, um, well, it's yeah. almost time if you want to start an early start on tomatoes and try and get Ooh, get a crop by yeah. Christmas. That you always almost got to start them now undercover. Undercover. So if you want to start them now, you need to do them undercover, or you need to wait until it warms up. Yeah, especially um, if you're going to grow them from seed, you need to have them indoors, and you need the seeds in the soil pretty much in the next couple of weeks, next two weeks or so. If you're going to grow them from if you're going to grow them from seedlings, then you can wait till September, but you need to get them into a into a uh, you know sort of on the way, ready for planting out. Um, not long after the, you know, sort of like early September. Yeah, but and the problem with getting them for Christmas, and I know it's lovely to have them on the Christmas mm. table and all that palaver, but um, if you go away at Christmas, <laughs> yes, exactly. You've got to have some, <laughs> you've got to have some reasonably reliable method of keeping the water up to them. Well, not only that, but if they all ripen over the period that you're going to be away for, so if you're doing the traditional January holiday and yeah. all your tomatoes ripen, oh, that's true. Um, then you don't get. Well, the idea, the idea in that case, if you want, if you want a bragging rights that you had tomatoes for your Christmas dinner, then you have in a, you know one or two plants really, really early, and then you put another crop in around about late November, because mm. then they'll crop around about February, March. Yeah, and they'll keep you going right through. Yeah, yeah, through, yeah. Exactly. right through to the end of the autumn salad. And look, yeah, and tomatoes is one of those holy grails for gardeners. I mean, you know, it's like tomatoes and roses. They're the two. They're the two plants when everybody thinks about when they think about gardening, either edibles or non-edibles. Mm. And and that's what people get passionate about, you know. And so you get the rose people, you know, that that just that just you know rabbit on about their wonderful roses and this and that about roses, and then you get all the other gardeners that rabbit on about their wonderful, wonderful tomatoes. Hey, I planted a really nice rose garden. During I didn't the week. say there was anything wrong with that. I just said that people, I get, planted box people get passionate about roses and people get passionate about tomatoes, and they with do. very and with very good reason. I just don't happen to be a, a rose person myself. That doesn't mean no, I don't understand don't. The, the passion that people have for them. No, and they um, and I quite like roses. Quite I just bees, so. not interested mm. in growing them. That's all. No, yeah. no. Um, I, I must um, uh, qualify that that I did not. I did not do a traditional box hedge rose garden. No? Just to um, clarify that. Okay. Because I'm not known for them, so, Okay. So so I think what we should do is we should have a a bit of a break, um, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk a bit more about veggie gardening in a small space, because I'm sure there's lots to talk about, and we might as well answer that question. Then we'll have a quick talk about um, what to do this month in the garden, um, and, uh, and, and and then that'll be it. That'll be it? Yeah. It'll be all over. Until the first right. day of spring. Until, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Well, well done. Yeah. All right. So we're going to have another track, and I think this track will be from uh, from Tracy Roberts, um, Big Red Truck, which is a good track. And uh, when we come back, you'll still be on the good earth with um, me and you. With Mike O'Connell and Kath Smalley on 94.1 FM, 3W, 3WBC. Um, yeah. What is that yeah. show? Yeah, the good earth. On the good earth. That's the one. Yeah, I think it's right. Anyway, here's a bit of uh, Tracy to to uh, to to just level us out a little bit. 